This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Caring for our communities. Out of the gym and off the park. Working just as hard paying it forward to our next generation. This is More Than an Athlete with Izzy and Kempe. Brought to you by Tremaine Real Estate. Bringing people and property together in our communities. Well, we've been lucky enough to be joined by Daniel Anderson. I've spent plenty of time with him coaching the Warriors back in the early 2000s. And uh, this weekend, this Friday night actually, they're naming the stadium Daniel Anderson uh, Stadium for the game against the Warriors and Manly. Ando's on the line, joins us now. Hey Ando, how's things mate? Good, Kempi. Very good. How are you? Mate, we're really good, we're really good over here, and uh, just want to say thank you, Ando, for for taking the time out to talk to us. Well, it's an, it's it's a name, uh, it's a week where your name's gone up in lights, Ando. Just tell us when you first heard about. It. I remember talking to you when I was came over to visit you in Sydney about the uh, the the time you heard about the stadium being named. What what's that What's that mean, Ando? Oh, the first I heard about it, like I, you know, you get the family WhatsApp groups and chat groups and that, and then um, someone posted it, and I just you know, it's it's funny the word pride when you're proud of something, um, but I was I felt really proud um, that that the club would give me this honour, and that's what it is. I'm completely chuffed, um, and as it draws closer, I'm pretty more I'm much more excited now given how good the Warriors are going. And they and they're going very well too, aren't they at the moment? Do you, what do you, what do you put their success down to this week? Because I know you've got your hand in it. Uh, still with, with your work that you do with the Roosters, you're across the game this year. What, what do you put that success down to the Warriors are having this year? Look, it, it, sometimes it's about, um, obviously Andrew Webster's done a fantastic job with his players and his staff. So they're all going on the same bus route. Um, but, but in the end, Andrew will be the first to admit that he's not going to have players, players that are in form well. Mate, Sean Johnson is killing it. Isn't he? Um, very excitable. It's very exciting to watch him play. Like we all watched him when he was very elusive as a runner, but now he's—it's like the, he's clicked as far as his intelligence, and he's gone. Well, I'm going to just make everyone else very, very good. And it, it reminds me of Stacey Jones, who's on the coaching staff. That good halfbacks make multiple players good. So there are people having their season best. It's on the back of good halfback play, good hooker play. Good fullback play, you know the spine players. The spines, the spines going so well over here at the moment. Mate, we we talk about that success. You mentioned Stacey Jones. We had some real success when you were here back in those uh, early two thousands. What do you what do you put that down to, Endo? Like when you when you first took over? Is is it that we were lucky enough to have a group of really talented players, Kempi, and we sort of just tried to build a puzzle where they could all fit together. And sometimes you luck into it. Um, you know, I remember you and I and, and our staff back then, we wanted to play a New Zealand style of play. And we didn't try and change the players. We tried to change our strategy around the talent that the players had. So we loved giving early football to big, long second rows, the big, tall guys. We let our 
front rowers be combative. And if they got suspended or sinned in, well, so be it. And we let our we tried to let our halfbacks and fullbacks grow. Ando Ricardo here, mate. Um, just on there, there's a few people have been talking, you know, with the success of Webster uh, with the Warriors. That they're, they're comparing it to your time as a coach at the Warriors. Do you see any correlation or any parallels between the way he's running the team and and what you were doing? Um, look, Ricardo, it it is, but I don't know how Andrew coaches, so it'd be um, naive of me to say that we're the same. But the correlation is in our backgrounds. Um, I've known Andrew Webster for a very long time. He's a very, very astute junior coach. So he's coached multiple years where he was the coach of his own team. And there's a lot of growing and learning from everything when you're a head coach of a 17s or an 18s or a 19s rep team. Andrew's done his great. He's got a great resume of coaching. um, And then he he was a a very good assistant in great programs. So... um, Look, he's a, he knew how to coach long before he went to the Warriors. So he, he was, he's been allowed to, if you want, express himself now as a head coach. Do you, and do you think um, having that, you know, because you came through that same type of coaching um, pathway, do you think where it was back when we were coaching together in the early 2000s to where it is today has changed a hell of a lot for not only the player, but the way that the game has been played today? Uh, it, it's changed, but I don't think the art of coaching... And look, the science of coaching is doing your um, due diligence, doing your, your degrees, um, but the art of coaching has not changed. The art of coaching is how do you talk to players? How do you get them to invest in what you're thinking? How do you get buy-in? And, you know, the difference when we coach campiers, we just didn't have the staff. There were six of us. Yeah. Now there's 26. So <laughs> How good would that have been? <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would have gone crazy. Yeah. Um, but I'm a coach who likes to get his hands dirty, so I couldn't have been a coach where you sit back and tell other people to do their jobs. That sort of would have made it very hard for me. So the um, Andrew's got a very big team. That is the art of coaching staff, but I reckon coaching players is exactly the same. If you're a good coach at a 17s or an 18s or a 19s level, you're going to be a good coach when you get to an older age as well. That's, that's, great, that's great advice. Hey, Ando, just talking about that um, when you first came to New Zealand, do you have any favourite memories of being, being over here? There's so many memories. You know, I, I think in our conversation with Monty, the the breakfast we used to do in the sad the weekend training sessions, um, the Chinese when we had a nighttime session, you know, where yeah. we had like 40 blokes there eating Chinese and our local Chinese guy brought in a, a carload of food. Um, it's nearly always around food, but I mean, it was, the memories are how we, we just had so many people that wanted us to be good and successful and, um, didn't matter where you went in New Zealand, we were known. Mate, we talked we talk to Matthew Ridge um, about the Manly Warriors uh, connection and also about him signing you. And he said that there's one thing about Ando, he wasn't afraid to actually tell it how it was, especially people in the grandstand could hear you um, giving us a tune-up <laughs> at half times. You, you, when, you look, when you look back on those early days, um, Ando, and especially... You know, it's the start of your your playing career. The Warriors this weekend. Do, do you feel 
that that um, that way that you you started had really held you in good stead for the rest of your career so far? Oh, look, I, I might have been a bit hard. You know, I, I, I think I maybe... It's, you don't regret what you say, but maybe I said it in too hard of a way when I was a young coach. I didn't learn. I remember I was learning on the spot mm. um, as a as a head coach of, of a first grade team. By the time I, you know, had, had gone to St Helens and back to Parramatta and and everything else, you do learn more about coaching every time. And even when you're not required, when the when the club says, "Oh, you're not required anymore," you still learn from that. And what about your journey? You talked there about you, you know, being a young coach. But who were the influences on you, and who did you learn from as a coach? Because you know, now we're seeing so many uh, cross-code, you know, sort of jewel ups with Scott Robertson, who's now the All Blacks coach, going and spending time with Ballyake, etc. I mean, what did you do? Uh, it was funny. We we didn't have time really to do anything but just jump on board. We, yeah, I, I didn't have um, a lot of. People to talk to because I was, you know, I'd come from Parramatta, and Brian Smith was the coach against me, mm. so I couldn't really talk to him a lot because I was playing him in round two, for instance. So, you know, I did rely on Kempy as an assistant coach, and we we had some great chats with John Mitchell, was the All Blacks coach at that time, and we had a lot of um, other organisations that came to us. And I'm hoping they stole some ideas from us because I stole ideas from them just in conversation. Mm. So there wasn't any one person in particular. I, I relied on my staff to help me get it done. And that's right, eh, Ando? We had an open door policy back then where we were, we were wanting to learn as much from them as they, as they did for, um, from us. And, and talking about that, like, where, where do you... Do you think New Zealand is as far as talent is at the moment? Because you're still working with the Sydney Roosters um, and looking at, at the talent that's coming through our shores and the Australian the game itself. Where where do we sit when you when you look back um, at your career here, but then now today when you're still looking at the talent, is there still the Ali Lautitis, uh that are still playing over here? Um, not. It's funny that not the Ali Lautitis, but I mean he was completely unique. What New Zealand have done very effectively through through um, you know the NRL clubs as well investing in New Zealand is there's more halves, um, there's more you know so you've got more fullbacks, more halfbacks, more spine positions. You know when I did the tour with the Kiwis, um, nothing wrong with the blokes I had, but they're all novices. I had Brent Webb at fullback, Thomas Lula was 17, 18 at halfback. Vinnie Anderson, who was a centre player in 5'8", and I think Louis Anderson and Dean Hallettow were the hookers. You know, and they're both second rowers. So we just didn't have those key position spine players. The Kiwis now, are, uh, they are actually developing players for the Pacifica teams. That's probably the key that New Zealand didn't know would come in the future is that Tonga, Samoa are heavily Kiwi players. They could play for the New Zealand team. So... New Zealand have got a bit of a challenge on their hands that some of their best talent is actually playing for um, you know, the Pacifica teams. It'd be remiss of me not to ask, Ando, about the Roosters this season because uh, they've not gone as well as many predicted. Everybody had them as a top eight team, if not a top four team, uh, with Cheese coming in there and a few other changes they made. What do you think it is that maybe hasn't quite clicked? 
Um, I mean, personally, it, there's, there's been some distractions, I think, off-field. Um, and, and I sort of put myself in one of those positions. The, the head coach of any uh, club needs to, you know, if they want to coach, they need to focus on coaching. If there are distractions away from the field, it takes away his ability to coach. So I think I was a small distraction in my own sense that I've been out of action for months. Mm. Um, and that's one. So, and secondly, I don't know if the World Cup had a the hangover physically. Mm. Um, our best players in the World Cup had a really slow start to the year. So maybe those two areas have had an effect, but they're excuses. Uh, we, we should be playing... How we're playing now is how we should have been playing in April. That's just not how it was. Yeah, and yeah, well, they're coming good now, Ando, but maybe they push late for an eight with three games to go. You never know. I remember, I think it was 2002, wasn't it, when we were sitting third and all of a sudden that game against the Tigers, we end up with the the Gilligan Shield um, finishing premieres of the year. So there's a lot of movement between now and the back end of... of the year, mate. How's it? How is Daniel Anderson like? There's a lot of people listening to our show, and um, you know, just wanting a little bit of an update on on your health. How's How's Daniel Anderson coping these days? Yeah, um, coping coping fine, Kempi. It's, it's I've got some physical challenges still that I've always had from the injury. Um, some areas have got better. Some have been stagnant. I'm I'm back at work one two days a week now. Still at hospital on the, on very close to going home, which I'm, look, I'm ready for mm. mentally and physically. Um, so, you know, I keep talking to my family and people about my new normal. It's it's getting close to that realise, realisation point where I'll have the new way of life for me because I'll be at home and what I do from home will be my decision, not a like a hospital's decision. And on that, actually, mate, just the challenges that you've had to overcome because you've always been an uh, you know an active kind of guy, and a lot of our exercise, whether it's going out for a walk or going you know um, body surfing or whatever it happens to be, is because it, it releases your mind and gives you a break from from overanalyzing things. So how have you um, managed to sort of overcome that and f- find another outlet for that? That's a really good question, Ricardo. I don't we call it I call it Groundhog Day because where what where I am now in hospital is Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, that's why I know I'm ready to go home. Um, so outlets, well, obviously work is really good. I still work from hospital. Um, so that's one thing. Work is great. Um, any family, I get a lot of visitors. That breaks up the monotony and the Groundhog Day. But in general, you just, you just get through it. You, mm-hmm. There's a bit of clock watching. But yeah, it's not a lot, there's not a lot you can do to break it up. I'm not a at the moment, I'm not a reader, um, so my um, distractions are purely rugby league. So, so hopefully, there's a big enough distraction for you this Friday night, and eight o'clock <laughs> New Zealand time. Uh, what will Daniel Anderson be doing? Where, where will we be watching the game? Will you be having your family around around you at the same time? Because there's a lot of people here um, ready to pay some respect to Daniel Anderson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely the family, but I'll be on um, Fox. Firstly, so that'll be like at probably seven o'clock um, NZ time um, to to preview both games, and then obviously I want to be in front of a, a TV, um, and it's 
and I, you know, I've almost got to tell people that are around me, I, I'm, I will hear you speak, but I won't look at you because I'm watching the game. So I've got, you know, um, the Warriors, and then uh, afterwards the, the the entree is the Warriors, and then um, I've got the Roosters versus the Eels, which is a dead set knockout game. So huge Friday night. Really looking forward to it. A oh, huge Friday night. You've been involved with. Um, each one of those three clubs. And I just before I let you go, mate, is there a message that you've got for New Zealand, um, given that this is a massive night for yourself and also for the Warriors? Oh, look, I'm I'm just absolutely privileged to have been um, involved in the Warriors and now part of any history you talk about, I get a real smile on my face when we talk Warriors. Um, I love watching them. Um, they're still one of my favourite teams, you know, no matter where, no matter when. Um, I'm thankful I was given the start there, so I can only thank the people that gave me the start. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful that uh, the rugby league community has been very kind to me. Um, I'm hoping that um, we've got more cheers to come before the end of this year. Yeah, we all hope we're all hoping that. Well, mate, just sending you all my love, Ando, and uh, to you and your family. Love you, brother. And I often think about the times we had, man, as two young coaches. They were unforgettable, and and uh, places we took that team together um, was just so so full of memories. And I'll uh, be wishing you all the best. Uh, I'll be there on Friday night cheering for you too, Ando. Don't worry about that. So you can listen to us on SCNZ if you want to listen to a better commentary than Sky. Um, yeah, but mate, you, no go, you go, you you go well, mate. I look forward to coming over and catching up with you again. Thanks a lot for joining Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks, Kempi.